an initiative sprouting on the south side of Chicago that was once led by First Lady Michelle Obama aims to become a national model re-educating communities on everything from appropriate emergency room use to outpatient care and healthy life choices. You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Jepson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Eric Whitaker. Dr. Whitaker is the Executive Vice President, Strategic Affiliations, and Associate Dean of Community-Based Research at the University of Chicago Medical Center. In his role, he is responsible for the Medical Center's Urban Health Initiative. Prior to his work at the U of C, he was Director of the Illinois Department of Public Health until October of 2007. He oversaw a budget of more than $450 million and more than 1,200 employees across the state of Illinois. Dr. Whitaker previously was an attending physician in internal medicine at Cook County Hospital, where he was involved in several research projects related to HIV-AIDS prevention and minority health, particularly for black men. Dr. Whitaker received his undergraduate degree in chemistry from Grinnell College in Grinnell, Iowa, and a master's degree in public health from the Harvard School of Public Health. He received his medical degree from the University of Chicago's Pritzker School of Medicine and in 1991 was president of the American Medical Student Association, which represents more than 30,000 aspiring doctors across the United States. We're so happy to have him join us from his offices at the University of Chicago on the city's south side. Dr. Eric Whitaker, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thanks a lot, Bruce, for that introduction, particularly. Oh, no problem. Well, you know, we treat our guests very well here at ReachMDs. <laughs> so if I can tell you, I mean, in my role as a healthcare reporter at the Tribune, I've written a lot about the Urban Health Initiative, but I want to tell our listeners out there, they've probably not heard of the Urban Health Initiative, so if you could give us a little background on how this started and perhaps where it's headed, now that you guys have a lot of data to work with, how this could become perhaps a national model, particularly in urban, underserved areas of the country. No, sure. As you mentioned, Michelle Obama worked on a problem that we have here on the south side of Chicago that's common to many other hospitals across the country, and that's a, the problem that a good percentage of the people who might show up in an emergency room actually do not need to be seen there. And then, in fact, their care might be more appropriately provided in a community health setting. And why is that? Well, if people have a regular doctor and they're not in the emergency room, they're more likely to get more preventive services. They actually get hospitalized less. They use less medication. And so Michelle and our staff were faced with the problem that 40% of the people who showed up in our emergency room really shouldn't have been there. And so she worked together. At that time, there were 18 community health centers on the South Side that bound together in something called the South Side Healthcare Collaborative. The major role of this project, along with you know, the support of a federal grant, was to see if you could get people redirected out of the emergency room into what's now called a medical home. Since that time, the collaborative has changed its name to be the Southside Healthcare Collaborative. I think I said the Southside Healthcare Collaborative previously. It was actually the Southside Health Collaborative, but it's now the Southside Healthcare Collaborative, and it has expanded to include 25 community health centers along with the five community hospitals on the south side. And what that means is that, you know, for one of the first times on the south side of Chicago, we have all of the major players in healthcare around one table where we can begin to talk about how do you get the population connected to medical homes? How do we improve quality as a whole across the south side of Chicago? How do we 
economically roll out health information technology? You know, how do we focus on chronic diseases in a collaborative fashion so that the whole of the 1.1 million people who live on the south side of Chicago have the benefit of working together? And so we've been excited to work together as a group and see some progress over the last five years or so. Well, can you give our listeners who might not be that familiar with uh, just sort of walk us through a little example of how this might work? Because we'll never be able to solve this all in one program because this is a vast initiative with hospitals and health centers. But give us an example of how this might work. For example, someone may come to our emergency room and for illustration's sake, saying someone comes in with a bunion. That person would show up at our emergency room, probably shouldn't be there. They would wait because of the triage system, the most serious people get seen first. So this person would wait there for hours. It could be eight, ten hours before they're seen. And it ties up valuable resources for the people who need care more emergently. It's not a good use of that particular patient's time. Not to mention, when you look at the societal cost of that person in the emergency room, the cost may be about $1,000 for a visit in the emergency room. And if you take that same patient and see them in an outpatient clinical setting, it would be $100. So, you know, about a $900 cost difference for our medical system for seeing that patient in the emergency room. Well, with this person... Now, when they come to the emergency room, they end up meeting a person called a patient advocate who helps guide them through the system and get their immediate problem taken care of, but for the long term, help them find a community health center that is near their home and is accessible to them and tries to keep them out of the emergency room if they should need to have an engagement with the healthcare system in the future. And one of the interesting things about this, very recently, the University of Chicago have some numbers on how many people that they have linked to a medical home since the last five years, basically. It's over 5,000. Now, some people might not think that that's a lot, but this takes some time, doesn't it? You know, the fact is, is that, you know, a lot of the clients we have in the emergency room have been socialized to see that as a place where you access the healthcare system. So if they get sick, they go to the emergency room. There's no concept of they're having a regular doctor at a community health center or anywhere else that could help them think about preventive health or about meeting their emergent need. And so trying to change, you know, how one approaches life and how they're socialized is a tough business. You know, we just have to look at how tough it is to get people to stop smoking. (laughs) And it took decades to move the needle on societal norms as it relates to tobacco. You know, and I, I suspect that while we've had some progress to date with getting people attached to medical homes out of our emergency room, it's going to take a long time to push this effort as far as it needs to go to save cost and improve outcomes for patients. Well, and give our listeners an idea of how many people use the emergency room at the University of Chicago every year and how many of those that you folks estimate don't need to be there. The numbers range about 60,000, 55 to 60,000 visits for our emergency room. And we believe, you know, looking at the triage system, about 40% of those patients could be seen in an alternative setting. And so you talk about the ways to, you know, save money and get the appropriate care. I mean, it's just a few thousand are going to save money and probably improve the health of people. And, you know, when you're looking on the south side of Chicago where we have a tremendous disease burden for, 
you know, chronic diseases, things like diabetes, hypertension, you not only save money, but also get people into care where they could have a a longer life and, and a higher quality life. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Eric Whitaker. Dr. Whitaker is the Executive Vice President, Strategic Affiliations, and Associate Dean of Community-Based Research at the University of Chicago Medical Center. And we're talking about an effort on the South Side of Chicago, the South Side Healthcare Collaborative, which is a part of the Urban Health Initiative, which is trying to basically re-educate and reinvent healthcare in a medically underserved population, and they've had some success hooking several thousand people up to medical homes. Dr. Whitaker, could you tell us a little bit about the educational aspect of this? You are also reinventing the training of physicians, too. One of the things I can say, you know, having trained at this institution and having been at a number of medical education institutions throughout the country is that, you know, we have not focused on training our doctors and how community can be an important part of one's uh, health. And so, you know, we've actually revamped our curriculum to, you know, understanding community as a factor in health, a much more robust part of the curriculum. And in fact, we are turning out more doctors in the near term who choose to practice in community settings than we historically have done. And that's been by taking our students and our residents and giving them exposure to community settings in ways that we haven't previously. You know, we've talked about these community health centers, and now our residents as well as our medical students are having experiences out in these settings, and they they can see that they could have a viable lifestyle, a viable practice, and a fulfilling practice out in these settings while still being attached to the academic health center, the University of Chicago. And, you know, people are liking what they're seeing. And when you think about it, with healthcare reform and the emphasis on primary care, getting such real-life experiences is what it's going to be all about rather than sort of just practicing in the state old academic center. I think that, you know, one of the things, if the promise of healthcare reform is to be realized, that those of us who educate future doctors will need to figure out how to get more people interested in primary care as a profession and how do we support these physicians when they're out in the community. And I have to say, all of academic medicine has not done a great job in that regard. Well, having said that, how do you see this as a national model? I know that this has been in the works for five years, but you guys are just now getting to the point where you're going to be doing research. And how could this work in another community? I mean, could it work in a small town for our listeners out there who might want to hook up with a local community health center? I mean, is this achievable? I think you hit it on the head. We aim to have a national impact, and and there are, throughout the country, I've seen figures as high as 70% of academic health centers reside in communities with poor health indices surrounding them. So they're not unlike the situation we find ourselves at the U of Chicago. And to the extent we can look at how to do research on the population, and I should say in conjunction with the surrounding community, we do research with the community having input because we think they're experts in their own lives and their own communities, that you know, if we bring together the brain power and the resources we have as an institution, along with the expertise from the community, we'll come up with novel solutions to really deal with long-term intractable problems. 
our hope is that the process by which we're undertaking this work can be replicated in academic institutions, both big and small, throughout the country. Let's talk a little bit about health care reform. A lot of people think, well, you know, if 30 million people are going to get health care, that's going to be great, and then that'll expand the risk pool, and then costs will stay the same. It's going to be more than that. I mean, people are still going to have to develop the infrastructure because I guess one of the ways I see this fitting in is that we are going to still have issues where budgets are going to be tight and people need to do their own things. So, I mean, this is still be needed regardless of health care reform. Without a doubt, we'll have to look at new delivery models. The Southside Healthcare Collaborative is one of those models. We'll have to make sure we can meet the workforce needs. So as we're trying to meet the needs of our community, we're going to need a workforce that will do that. So, you know, we have to change our approaches to training of physicians and nurses and other health professionals. And then at the end of the day, you know, as we spend all of this money, we need to figure out what works. And that's where research fits in. You know, we have to assess where we are now at baseline before we spend billions and trillions of dollars. And then as we intervene in the system, we need to understand whether or not the things we're doing are having the impact that we think they are. That's one of the expertise as an academic health center we bring to bear is that we have all sorts of economists and sociologists and social workers and all sorts of physicians who can help us fashion a research agenda that will help answer some of those questions. And one of the things that I think you just said is that for our listeners out there who think that this is just a healthcare problem, the University of Chicago is not just involving healthcare people. I mean, you guys have an array of folks, businesses and academics, economists and so forth involved in this as well, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that I think often gets lost is healthcare is a very small part of what makes an individual healthy. In fact, there's other things that, you know, social factors that make an even larger impact, and that might be housing, education, economic development. And we, through the Urban Health Initiative, are undertaking a holistic approach to try and improve community health. We believe in the importance of the healthcare delivery system, but we also are working with the city of Chicago on trying to create jobs on the south side of Chicago or bring grocery stores to the south side, things that typically you wouldn't find a medical center getting engaged in. But we think they're important to create a healthy and vital community. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Eric Whitaker, who has been our guest. He is an executive at the University of Chicago, and he is involved in a far-reaching effort they hope to be a national model, the Southside Health Collaborative, a part of the Urban Health Initiative. And you've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Jackson, your host. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. I'd like to thank you today for listening.